Welcome back to Torah Psych 101. We're about to head into Yom Kippur. It's uh, obviously a very holy day. For some, it could be a very overwhelming, scary day. But it's a day of forgiveness. It's a day of atonement. And when you think about forgiveness and atonement, we're trying to atone for our sins. But yet it seems ironic that we have a very difficult time forgiving other people for what they have done to us or what we they have said to us that have caused has caused us some sort of damage. Um, and it's interesting because I was talking to somebody yesterday about forgiving and trying to go through the process of forgiving somebody for what they had said to him or had done to him. And he was not ready to do so. And <clears throat> I remember um, embarking on a project and I was speaking out west, and I proposed the following to the people that I was speaking to. And I said, I want you to start your forgiveness journey. And your forgiveness journey will start by calling somebody who has hurt you or has wronged you in any way and tell them that you forgive them. And by not forgiving people, we're letting those people live rent-free in our minds. And I gave the challenge, the forgiveness challenge, to these people that I was speaking to, and I said, in three weeks from now, I want you to call me, text me, email me, leave me some sort of note that you were able to accomplish this and forgive somebody who's wronged you. Um, the project was not a success. I did not get one phone call, one email, one text message saying that anybody was successful. So I questioned, why is it that it's so hard for people to forgive others? Yet when it comes to Yom Kippur, we beg and we ask Hashem for forgiveness for God knows what we've done. Well, yet yeah, God knows what we've done. So we're asking Hashem for forgiveness for all the sins that we've committed. So in the context of asking forgiveness, I understand how difficult it is to forgive people. And just by doing this little experiment, that it seems like a very, very difficult thing to do. And in order to accomplish it, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of um, self-sacrifice because, in essence, you feel like you're sacrificing your pride. Like, this person hurt my pride. Why should I forgive that person? So, in that context, I just want to share with you something from tonight's, we're, you know, we're about to go into Yom Kippur, so tonight we read one of the most beautiful pieces of poetry that you could find in the liturgy of Yom Kippur, and that is the Kihine Kachomer Biata Yotzer, Ritzosa Marchiv, Ritzosa Makatzer. We say like we're like clay in the hands of the potter, and there are different expressions that, um, that we use in the poetry during the stanzas. And at the end, we say, We say, we beseech Hashem to look at the covenant, look at the bris that you promised us, that we are going to have great lives, and ignore the accuser, ignore the yetzer. So one of the stanzas starts with the words, Like the curtain in the hand of the embroiderer, he makes it even... At his own will, and in, at his own will, he can make it uneven. 
So are we in your hand, O jealous and vengeful God. And then we say again, Look at the covenant, look at this verse, and ignore the accuser. It seems kind of strange that here we're saying this beautiful piece of poetry, but yet we're saying that you, God, are a very vengeful and jealous God. So if we're asking Hashem for mercy for all the things that we've done and all the things, the sins that we've committed, why are we saying and accusing God of being a jealous and vengeful God? It doesn't seem like it really makes too much sense. So I think the the answer lies within the piyot itself, this piece of poetry. And it says, Like the curtain in the hand of the embroiderer. If you were to watch somebody making a piece of clothing or a tablecloth or something that requires embroidery, at first it might look like, what is this guy doing? He's making even, he's making uneven lines. How is he hemming the, the, this piece of cloth? It doesn't make any sense. Everything seems haphazard. But then at the end, you see the final product, and it looks like a beautiful piece of tapestry. And that's what life is like. We don't understand what's going on. We don't know, understand why people have wronged us, why people have said things to us that have hurt us. And we have a hard time forgiving them. But yet we say to Hashem, God, look at the covenant and ignore the accuser. So I think the idea is understanding that Hashem has a lot of different attributes. And one of the attributes that he has is this vengefulness. We call us, we say, Kel, Nekamos Hashem, that uh, Nekama, vengeance, is part of Hashem's attributes. But you might ask, like we said before, why is it that we're talking about Hashem's attribute of vengefulness when we're asking for forgiveness? And some people answer that we could say that Hashem has the attribute of vengeance, but yet he knows how to restrain it. And we're asking him that even though we've done some terrible things, we're asking you to please hold back your anger and not punish us as severely as you would have. And that's what we have in mind when we're saying this pia, it's what we should have in mind. And the same thing is true within our personal lives, that we're asking other people to for or in my case I was asking people to embark on this forgiveness project but it's very difficult for them to do so because they don't realize what the power of forgiveness is and the power of forgiveness is right here like we're saying in this piot we all have that power we all have <clears throat> different character traits and um personality quirks that uh, that make us a little bit different sometimes we hurt other people's feelings but we're asking Hashem, you know, please give us that same power that you have, that you're able to restrain those, those uh, um, the vengeance, and you're able to forgive us. And we also would like to be able to forgive others. But there's another shot that I saw that's brought down by Rabbi Yisrael Mayer Druk, and he says that, I think it's, he quotes it in the name of the Slana Merov, that the, in these words we're saying that Hashem, yes, we deserve to be punished. But what we're doing is we're saying that we deserve to be punished and we feel so bad that you have to exact vengeance on us at times. And therefore we feel even more ashamed that we're asking you to forgive us for all of our sins 
even though we have not necessarily forgiven ourselves or forgiven others. So as we continue to go on and embark on this forgiveness journey, and as we get into Yom Kippur, I think we should all embark on the idea of learning how to forgive other people for what they've said and what they've done. Uh, in, in my practice, I see people who have not talked to others in their family or friends um, for many, many years because of something which they usually say is pretty silly or petty. Sometimes the things that they're not forgiving are a little bit more extreme and severe, and that takes a little bit more work. But if you were just to pick up the phone on Erev Yom Kippur and say to somebody who you know you've, um, has, has hurt you, I just want you to know that I forgive you with my full heart, and I want to start clean. The power of that is beyond your imagination. You don't know what that's going to do for you. It's going to kind of imagine you have a very cluttered garage, and your garage is full of stuff that you don't really need, but you haven't gotten rid of it because you just don't know how to get rid of it. And all of a sudden, one day, you have this spark of energy. You say, I'm just going to hire somebody to just get rid of everything in my garage. I'm going to call the got junk people and just point to everything and tell them to get rid of everything. And then you go back and you see a very clean garage. And you don't even remember what was in the garage because you haven't seen anything because it's so cluttered. That's the way that our mind works. If we just get rid of the clutter that's in our mind, the clutter is that aspect that we haven't been able to forgive other people then you'll go into the next year with this, this appreciation that, wow, I'm starting off very clean. And it's just an amazing analogy that we don't understand why things happen. And just like we're saying that Hashem is the embroiderer, He can at will um, make things even or make things uneven, but yet we ask for forgiveness. That's the way that we should go into this Yom Kippur, with this understanding that let's declutter get all the things out of our head that have caused us to become the person, the people that we are now, that we're not forgiving and we're vengeful. We're asking for the same traits that Hashem has that we should also have and learn how to restrain them the same way that Hashem has been able to restrain His anger, His vengefulness. So with that, I wish a bracha Hashem should bench us with the year full of great things, of good health, happiness, nachas from our children, grandchildren, and a year of shefa, a year of plenty, and most importantly, a year where we have decluttered our minds from all the, the trash that occupies it at times. So again, Hashem Shebenchus with a good Gebenchti Yark, Siva Chasima Tovatal.